good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, hitting cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Wendy, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is brought to you by Pat Pilot's Palette. Get your pet portrait painted by Pilot's Palette. Find them on Facebook, Pilot's Palette. Not to be confused with Robert Pilot because that's Wendy Pilot, the painter, and I just have a heart of an artist. So uh, take if you want your, uh, your dog or any uh, animal uh, painted... Uh, Wendy's the person to get them painted by, so check it out. Hey, we have a really special guest on tonight, Wendy, and uh, we haven't seen Kevin in a long time, but wow, I look on his Facebook, and Kevin, uh, you're doing a lot of st- a lot of things, and let me just get an intro here for you, Kevin. Kevin, you're Deputy Managing Editor at Indian Country Today, and uh, you do more than that, but uh, thank you so much for coming on, and it's always great to see you. It was all you as well, Robert. Thank you so much for having me tonight. And um, yeah, appreciate it. Hey, tonight's a special night. Uh, let's tell our audience uh, about what's happening here. I'm looking on, on the, the the internet page here, and it's uh, looking really funny. Uh, it's awesome. Stories from the stage. Yeah, so this is a project that uh, PBS World produced, and it's called Stories from the Stage. It's going to appear on uh, PBS uh, starting tonight. It's premiering tonight at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Just find it on your local uh, PBS station. And uh, tonight will be the first uh, three out of six uh, stories that will be told uh, that are from a Native viewpoint. And so all six of these storytellers that are featured um, are are Native people. And uh, the first three will be on tonight. I'm included in this first three along with um, um, Colleen Newholy, who's uh, Oglala Lakota, and, uh, and uh, Valerie Killscrow Copeland, who's uh, Oglala Lakota as well. And they'll be joining me tonight on this first um, episode of Stories from the Stage. Um, the theme tonight is on sacred ground. And, uh, and the three of us, um, you know, are talking about uh, different things that have happened to us or we've experienced that relate to uh, the earth or, you know, I, I talk about my efforts to stop a, a big housing development here in town that's threatening one of our sweat lodges in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, Colleen Newholy talks about, uh, you know, healing, traditional healing through stories of her mother. Yeah. Uh, and Valerie Killscrow Copeland talks about, uh, this is one of the fun ones, um, uh, talking about experiencing uh, and meeting Bigfoot. <laughs> And, and it's, yeah. you know, it, it's a serious story, but she tells it with a lot of humor and a lot of levity. And it's just a, a beautiful um, mix of stories, I think, for tonight. And then, uh, so tonight's those three stories. And then coming on um, November 13th will be the next round of three stories that will be featured. And uh, uh, the, the sort of uh, theme there for the next round of stories is Sacred Circle. And... Uh, mm-hmm. So it features, you know, native storytellers talking about, uh, you know, their life, their struggles, uh, you know, on the streets of Omaha, for example, um, talks, they're storytellers that talk about um, losing people close to them and, you know, how they uh, were able to um, heal from that. And um, so, yeah, really great uh, group of people I got to spend a day with um, here at in the studio at the Nebraska Public Media a few months ago. And uh, so I'm really excited to see what the audiences think of these stories. Wow, that's exciting and uh, congratulations. Uh, I think our stories are getting out there. Uh, 
you know, not only the movie that we'll talk about in a little bit, but I mean, we've had TV, uh, Rutherford Falls, Reservation Dogs. Uh, we also had that movie. Uh, what was that movie with uh, with the alien, uh, uh, the prequel to uh, what the heck was that? Uh, do you, do you remember Wendy? Here nor dog. What was that movie? No, that that's a different that's one. That's a different one. Way before. I'm trying to think of the name. But it was an alien movie, and oh, it was pre. Uh, it was a prequel, and it was mm. Native Americans fighting this alien about a year and a half ago, and that was. Mm. Uh, but I guess my point too is just that uh, we're getting a lot of uh, traction, Kevin, and uh, that's exciting to see. And uh, you can tell these these stories. And still be serious and still have the native humor in there. And that that's where we're from, and that's that's exciting to see. It really is. Yeah, we're really kind of blowing up, I think, in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's long time coming. You know, we, we've, long, we've earned the right to finally tell our stories from our perspective through our storytellers, you know. And um, that's one of the most powerful things about all of this is that, you know, it's not just uh, native actors and actresses that are appearing uh, little side roles here and there. But, you know, we have native producers and native writers, uh, script writers, and uh, on all levels, you know, we're, we're um, taking control of the narrative. And I think that's so incredibly powerful and, and empowering to our communities to see that happening. And the sky's the limit. You know, I, I, some people have said that, you know, we're at the peak of, of um, native representation uh, in popular media, but you know, um, I don't think I don't think we're definitely at that peak. I think, you know, I think we have a lot further to go. I think uh, more and more people are going to want to hear our stories because our stories are so important and um, and so powerful. So moving. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, hopefully it's a it's a renaissance that we can maintain. Uh the quality's been awesome. I mean, uh, now Reservation Dogs is talking about doing a movie. I don't know if you saw that, but that would I be did, yeah. that would be excellent. And I'd be one of the seven hundred or seven thousand people in line trying to get in on that. But <laughs> that was crazy. If you remember when they were down there uh, in Oklahoma with a with a uh, a call. Uh, uh, and uh, there was a lot of people that wanted to get in on that. Yeah. Uh, so when we get, let's get a little bit, talk a little bit about you before we get into uh, our next uh, subject too. And then I want to talk, uh, talk about that, but talk about your, uh, your job, your job. And uh, we get, uh, I know a lot of over the years, we've gotten a lot of information from your Facebook uh, page to uh, bring up to our listeners. So Kevin, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. So up until this past July, um, I worked for Indians.com, another Native American news website. Uh, I was the managing editor there. and um, But I decided um, to take make a move, and uh, I joined ICT News back in July. And, uh, you know, doing a lot of what similar things that I did for Indians.com. Um, you know, ICT News um, employs a lot more reporters than Indians, so it's you know, much larger organization. Um, and uh, so it's, I don't know. I mean, for me, it was a chance to um, finally share some of the lessons that I was imparted by some really incredible journalists over the years. Um, you know, I uh, spent 18 years at the Lincoln Journal Star here in Lincoln, Nebraska, as a reporter and an editor. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, five years at Indians.com before coming to uh, ICT News, any country today. Um and, you know, I, I like writing stories. I love writing stories. I love telling stories myself. But but we need to um, empower our next generation of, of storytellers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of the role that I want to spend, you know, the next leg of my career on is just um, doing what I can to train uh, young reporters, uh, teach them how to write, teach them how to report, and, uh, you know, train that next generation of storytellers so that uh, we can continue this train rolling. So. Yeah, congratulations, and that's a big deal, and that's what we try to do here. And uh, as a former teacher, we uh, we I've been trying to do that over the years, and it's the mentorship, and it's the next generation, and of course, we talk about the seven generations, and and how important that is now. And we have traction, and we have things going on that our young ones are working on language more than 
uh, past generations and um, working back into community. And uh, there's so many good things going on. And so I really, really applaud you. I want to take a quick, uh, quick break, Kevin, if you don't mind. And we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what's coming up on PBS tonight. But also we're going to talk a little bit about that movie that just came out. Awesome. Thank you. Right on. Hey, you're listening to Native Brits Radio Presents. I'm awake and we'll be right back. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. When a drunk driver hit my car, the structural integrity and safety features of my Toyota Sienna saved my life. I will always own one. That's it. That's the ad. I don't think I need to add anything else, but I'll gladly mention their sales team is attentive and friendly, their service department is the best in the state, and their vehicles, you can put a lot of faith in the quality and safety of a Toyota vehicle. The structural integrity and safety features of my Toyota Sienna saved my life. I will always own one. That says it all. Rudy Luther Toyota, five miles west of Minneapolis on 394. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I'm in uh, Colvin 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl! Right on, Kevin. Thanks a lot. Hey, we're with... We're here with Kevin Aberask, and he's deputy manager editor uh, at Indian Country Today. And tonight we're talking. Uh, we're talking today about what's happening tonight, and uh, excited to see uh, more Native uh, people on TV and representing uh, again tonight is uh, the stories from the stage, and uh, Kevin's going to be involved in that. And it's exciting, Kevin, too. Uh, I I. I re- my eyes really perked up when I saw about the uh, sa- Sasquatch or Bigfoot. That was a good one. Yeah, no, I think audiences will really enjoy that one. I know I did, so I can't wait to watch it again. So, how did you get how did you get involved with that? Uh, they had tryouts. They had oh, uh, you know, they, they put out the call for um, story ideas, and uh, so I submitted my story idea, and uh, luckily was chosen among the other five. Um, storytellers who are chosen so wow that's excellent well let's jump into this and then we'll we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the special on tonight at, at what time it's nine thirty p.m eastern standard time so us people here are central that's, that's earlier here <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an hour earlier here in uh, minnesota wisconsin and wherever else we're being uh, beamed from but uh, your thoughts about Killers of the Flower Moon? Um, we, Wendy and I got to see that the opening, and then we didn't realize there was a pre-opening, so we missed out. We had FOMO. People were watching it the day before the opening. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it was an amazing film. Um, I just thought that uh, just beautifully shot, uh, incredible performances. Um, you know, I definitely think Lily Gladstone should be in the running for for an Oscar. Um, 
I think, uh, you know, the, I like Leonardo DiCaprio's performance. I know he's kind of got mixed reviews from it, but, uh, but I thought he did a pretty good job. And um, Robert De Niro, of course, is Robert De Niro. But, um, mm-hmm. but it was just an incredible tale, you know, something that, that you know, I, I did read the book uh, by the same name. So I, so I knew the history, but I don't think very, very few people knew that history before they would see this film. And, um, and so that's great, you know, that, that it opened a lot of eyes, hopefully will open a lot of eyes, continue to open eyes. And um, people will continue to learn about this incredible story, horrible, horrific story. Yeah. You know, of murder among the Osage people. So. I read that originally Leonardo was going to be the sheriff and the whole movie was going to be based on the FBI's experience. And then during short shooting, George Floyd happened. Um, also, uh, people were found out about uh, the black uh, Wall Street and it really, really affected them. And he changed parts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, decided that, uh, you know, it wasn't as engaging a story to focus on the FBI agent. And I'd like to think that he also saw that, you know, this white savior trope that, you know, having this FBI agent come in and kind of save the Osage people um, didn't work either. But uh, but I know for sure that he's told um, various news outlets that um, that it was a more engaging story, focusing on Ernest and Molly Burkhart mm-hmm. and kind of I don't know if I call it a love story because right. it was very, yeah. Anyway, I won't get too much into that, but, um, right. But yeah. Uh, they thought it was just a better story and they went with it. Wendy, the performances were amazing. Like Kevin said, yeah, they were, they were unbelievable. And I hope that, uh, I was just looking up. There was only one other native American actor who got an Oscar and that was back in 1982. Oh, really? And if I could bring it up again, that's amazing because we have, uh, I don't know if you know this, Kevin, but in the Twin Cities, we have uh, Will St- uh, Studi here doing a play at the or- Orpheum, and it's it's been exciting, and uh, it, it's great to see the old schoolers out there still working it, and he's got, he has an Academy Award, too, but it was for his yeah. work uh, over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it, it was amazing to me. Um, I don't know, the filters in the camera, kind of the yellowish tint to the whole thing. Um, I don't know if I'm sure that was done on purpose, but it reminded me kind of, definitely it was as a timepiece, kind of a godfatherish kind of look to it with the fil- filters in the lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that uh, whole ambiance that it created. Um, really put you in that, that um, setting, you know, 1920s Oklahoma. And uh, and it's just an incredible uh, sort of depiction of of this Oklahoma community that uh, um, where these murders happened. And I was struck by by how well it depicted this uh, cottage industry that I would say mm. that was built up around this Osage wealth. You know, all of these um, sort of white businesses that that were created and and really really exploited um, that wealth. You know, there was this one scene where. Uh, an Osage man was being buried and, you know, they were going to charge him, his family, $2,000 mm-hmm. to bury him. Whereas they were going to charge other white families, $200 for the same right. cost of burial. And um, every level of, of that community was built around exploiting Osage wealth. You know, reading the book, it really makes me sad too, because, uh, uh, because this is based on a true story uh, that, uh, Molly uh, didn't live long after that, maybe another 10, 12 years, and went through all that. Um, she believed her husband for a long period of time. We don't want to give too oh, much away. Oh, yeah, sorry, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a spoiler alert. So, <laughs> Well, let me, say, let me change subjects then. I, they took second place. Uh, in the, they grossed $23 million. Uh, dollars, which is a good start for uh, a period piece like that and with the heavy hitters and a three-and-a-half-hour movie that really didn't seem like three-and-a-half hours to me. No, not at all. I, I have friends who don't want to see it because it's three-and-a-half hours, but you have to. I mean, it's it's not going to be the same watching it on Apple TV or wherever mm-hmm. you know, it's going to show up next. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, Wendy and I talked about the next day, and, and it's always a good barometer. Wendy said that... Uh, she would watch it again 
And yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. a commitment. And it kind of stuck with me the next day. Like I thought about Molly. I thought about the characters. I thought about the Osage people. Like I was thinking about them the next day after I watched the movie. So that's always a good barometer that a movie sticks with me, you know, so. Yeah, yes. we. That that is a good barometer for sure. And uh, who did you who did you see it with, Kevin? You know, uh, it was really great. Um, we bought out about half of a theater, our Native American community here in Lincoln. Nice. And so there were about thirty of us uh, that nice. that went together to watch it. You know, and I, I wrote a pretty long um, social media post about um, what it was like watching that movie. But I have to say that being surrounded by 30 Native American community members made it a lot easier to watch. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine having watched it by myself, you know, in a dark theater. Um, it, it was hard. It was hard enough to watch with all of these community people that I love, you know, surrounding me. And um, it was hard enough to see the things that were happening on on the screen that you have no power over. You know, it's just, it's done. It's, um, it's history now. And, um, and it's so frustrating to see. Yeah, I I really really appreciated it. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and it and it flew for me. And I knew that by reading some of the articles out there with, at cons where they got a forty five minute standing ovation, and and people that had seen it before the major release that it didn't seem like three and a half hours. It was so engaging, and I have to agree because when you get into a long movie like that, there's sometimes where you can go take a break or something, and there was no break to be had. And we did really well. Wendy went through the whole movie. Without getting up, I had to run real quick, you know, because I'm old, but um, I don't think I missed much. But it was really exciting. We got a couple more minutes left here, and I'd really want to really talk more about what's happening tonight with you, Kevin, and uh, and uh, the excitement. Are, are, do you have a big TV? You're going to have friends come over and watch it? And I mean, you know, being on PBS is a huge, huge deal. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I hate looking at myself. <laughs> I don't like hearing my voice, you know, I'm, um, so, so no, I'm not making a big deal out of that. I'm not even sure if I'll watch it tonight, actually. Oh, no. Oh. So, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I might work up the courage and turn the TV on and, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm my <laughs> reluctant viewer of myself, I guess. Well, Kevin, uh, before we let you go, where mm-hmm. can we see your work at Indian Country today? Sure. It's uh, ictnews.org. And, uh, you know, I still do produce some stories here and there. Um, but primarily, you'll see my work reflected in um, the work of the reporters that I that I edit and that I help teach. So. Wow. Well, I just want to say a big peeny gigi. Thanks for stopping in. And um, mm-hmm. let's not make it so long again. I, I really appreciate you stopping in tonight uh, and mm-hmm. having this chat. And congratulations on all the work that you've done and have been doing and uh, for our community. And um, good luck for tonight. And uh, this could be the start of a, a big uh, acting career. Yeah. See about that. Thank you so much, Robert and Wendy. And uh, sure, appreciate you having me. Really. Thank you so much. Right on. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, that was that was fun. Kevin's a doer, you know. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. He is definitely a doer. So, mm-hmm. hey, up next, uh, we're going to have Wendy Pilot, our special guest, and we're going to talk about stuff. Yeah, we'll talk about stuff. Right on. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. 
In this critical time for Indian country, voting is crucial to protecting the land, water, and communities. Voting creates collective power in securing our planet's future amid climate chaos. Engage in personal conversations with loved ones to ensure they are making informed voting choices. Register to vote. And don't forget that 16- and 17-year-olds can pre-register to vote in Minnesota. NACTI is asking us to stand together and make voting a tradition. Go to NACTI.org to learn more and make your pledge to vote. 2023 is here, and you can make it the Year of the Eagle with the National Eagle Center. You and your family can enjoy exciting eagle experiences, including field trips, private habitat tours, and exclusive behind-the-scenes tours. Meet live eagles up close, view bald eagles and golden eagles in the wild, and receive personal one-on-one education with dedicated and knowledgeable eagle experts as you journey into the world of eagles like never before. Learn more and plan your unforgettable eagle experience today at nationaleaglecenter.org slash experiences. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. We have families waiting for a car. You know, over 85% of unemployed are successful in finding and keeping a job if they have dependable transportation. A car plus a job equals a life changed. 612-919-5526. We have families waiting for a car. 919-5526 or autotech.org. Peace of mind shouldn't cost a fortune. We keep things simple at Shroman Law because we believe planning for your estate and end-of-life care shouldn't be stressful or expensive. Every client relationship starts with a free consultation so clients have the information they need before making important decisions. From there, we work closely with clients to ensure they are choosing the most efficient and cost-effective plans for their specific needs. Schedule a free consultation today at ShromanLaw.com. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N-Law.com. Hello, this is Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio. Now my show will be on Saturdays from 10 to 11 and replayed on Sundays from 1 to 2. You will get to the best of Ellie 2.0 with talking about idealism, with guests who come in and who are idealistic, who are trying to change the world, and you will get me, Super Idealist. Tune in. We can't wait to hear from you. And you'll hear from me Saturdays from 10 to 11. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. A chance of rain tonight with a low of 52, then another chance of rain on Tuesday with a high of 62. The Tungis Palette is a social enterprise business built with purpose and fortified with love. Discover the best peach cobbler in the world at Latungi's Palette, 1400 Park Avenue South in Minneapolis. Visit the website at latungispalette.com. Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting <laughs> wolves for future generations. How? How? I, I thought you were going to do uh, maybe uh, Pilot's Palette I haven't again. practiced that one and I get t- tongue tied. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, it's like the old days. Years ago, Wendy and I had a radio show along with Native Ritz Radio that we've done for over seven years, we had a show called Pilot's Progressive Party. Mm-hmm. And uh, it feels like it old more times. like a news kind of political. Art. Kind of art, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was funny, too, because uh, we were both on once a week. And yeah. uh, we would uh, talk about, well, we'd have guests, and yeah. local politicians sure. and things like that. And then a lot of times the third segment was about, talking about the first the previous three segments the mm-hmm. fourth segment oh I, mean, I know we were crazy like, <laughs> we'd run out of things to say so then we would repeat everything no, wasn't wanna, that great okay i, go I ahead, want to thank uh allison here uh she said she thought of me and the uh sacred animal section last week when she was fortunate enough to visit the carlsbad caverns 
uh, and see the Brazilian free-tailed bats come out of the, out at sunset. She said hundreds of thousands of them. Um, I have never seen them, no, but that's uh, great. So thank you, Allison, for posting that. That's great. And then I looked up how many Native Americans have won Oscars, and yeah. there were actually two. Two of them. Two indigenous artists have previously won Oscars. Buffy St. Marie. Oh, wow. Yeah, who won the music. best original music for Up Where We Belong in 1983. Where we and belong. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this right. And uh, Taika Watiti for best uh, adapted screenplay for Jojo Rabbit in 2019. Crazy. Yeah, so two, only two. And then, West, and then West Studi has like a... a, a oh, a, he has an honorary right. Oscar. Yeah. For yeah. his body of work over yeah, the last so now, 40 years. Yeah, that would be nice if... Uh, if I got If we see more. <laughs> sure. Or if Lily, uh, who uh, plays the character Molly uh, mm-hmm. in the movie, uh, yeah. people are talking about that. Yeah, definitely. It yeah, it's a great movie. Everybody should see it, I think. It's really important. Um I didn't know any anything about this really until the book came out, and then you read the book. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, you don't have to, but I'm glad I'm did because remember you told your family when you first met me I'm kind of slow, <laughs> so it was good that I read the book because I I knew what all these pieces were, and I know mm-hmm. they came together at the end. But uh, I know you looked a little confused a couple times. Yeah, it was. I didn't know what was going on a little bit in the movie, and then I, at the end it did all come together. But if I had read the book before, I would have um, been known sharp more. Like but yeah, I think people should know the history. It's like anything else, you know. Mm-hmm. I think. Martin Scorsese did a really good job. So, yeah. Yeah. And he was in I it mean, at the end. I mean, honestly, if I have to really say, I mean, there were parts that could have been cut shorter. Oh, Wendy. That it didn't have to be three and a half hours. Oh, Wendy. I do. I believe that. But it was three and a half hours. So they. <laughs> but didn't it go whatever. quick, though? I mean, yeah, it did. Or did it? it? I mean, it we fine. were in. It was good. It was fine. I would definitely watch that movie again. We were super comfortable chairs in a yeah. suburban. Uh, <laughs> Suburban movie theater, movie theater there where they didn't take tickets. Heated you could walk recliner, in. Heated recliner seats, stadium seating. So it was super comfortable. And then they brought you a little, uh, what were those, pretzel chips or something yeah, like that? Yeah, you order stuff and then they bring it to your chair for you. Yeah, it's really nice. But what was bizarre is they never asked us for a ticket. I know. Weirdest thing. <laughs> don't say where it is. I know. They ever would have Crazy. Yeah. Well... We could talk a little bit about animals if you want. Yeah. Well, I want to just talk about our kitty cat, Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, Lucy's kind of, um, you know, everybody knows that we talked about Lucy for so long. She so busts through long. the door. She should be coming in here any, na- any minute now, like meowing really loud. Um, she's 17 years old. We mm. adopted her when she was five months old at like any do- adoption event at like Petco or whatever. You know, I walked into the room and there were stacks of these cages and all these cats and she was the loudest. As a little one. As a little one. She sounded like a bird back then. Yeah, she was really cute and very loud. And as soon as I walked by, she like stuck her paw out and grabbed me like, you know, come here. And she was just like meowing and meowing at me. And I was like, oh, my God. And we already had two cats. You know, we already had two cats. And um, I was just like, oh, my God. I was just taken by her. And I texted you a picture i think i don't think i don't think we could back then 17 we, years ago i'm not sure okay well i did I text you phone. i did text you and i did say yeah you know i have this is cat here and she's really cute i want to get her <laughs> <laughs> and robert was like oh no but what you said was what's the difference between two and three get her well there was, it was a big difference <laughs> hey before we get too farther in the story yeah. can i just say this yeah. We are our smart audience. The movie was Prey and oh, okay. uh, from the Predator franchise. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Because we were trying to think of another movie. Smart listeners and yes. I'm going, oh, uh, oh. Uh. I couldn't think of the other movie. I know we have the I know, book I around said, here. I said Alien. Nor Wolf, Nor Dog or something. Right. That's exactly yeah. what it is. That was a yeah. different movie. That was quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. An award winning book. But yeah. Right. And our favorite. Um, What's the movie with uh, smoke signals? Smoke, yeah, smoke signals. <laughs> Still holds up to this day. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, no. So uh, we adopted Lucy. Robert was like, yeah, what's the difference between uh, two and three cats? Get her. And I brought her home. She pooped in the car on the way home. And uh, I brought her home. Things to come. She's 17 now. I mean, we got her when she was five months old, and now she's 17. So she has kidney failure. She gets fluids, mm-hmm. uh, sub-Q fluids, helps her with her kidney function, and she's been stable. She's been doing really well. We've been doing the fluids yeah. for her we every once a week. We used to do them. Over two years. Yes, we did used to do them until she got really smart, and we'd bring <laughs> – I'd get out the IV bag and all the stuff, and she'd just head for the hills, and that was it. <laughs> so it was really hard for us. You know, it's funny. I saw a meme, um, and it was like uh, the cat at home giving the cat a pill, and the cat is like a lion, like scratching and you know eating the people they live with. And then the cat at the vet – and the vet giving the cat a pill, and the cat's a little kitten. Yeah. So that's how Lucy acts, you know, yeah. at the vet. Well, it's her transit. So she's just slowing down now. You know, we noticed that mm-hmm. she's slowing down, you know. And I talked to the vet today, and the vet was like, you know, she's 17. That's mm. like you've done so well with her. And she wouldn't have even lived this long if you guys didn't give her fluids every week you know so yeah she's a rascal and when we first got her for many 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 years well she used to beat up princess Mm because she needed and we always scolded her and do you remember what the vet or somebody maybe it was an animal animal psychologist told us this that lucy was the one who's causing all the trouble lucy needed the attention and when we started and you giving, her, giving her the attention <laughs> no, I was it's scolding just like a her. bad kid needs attention so yeah so but she came with us with a, a seriously she sounded like a little bird remember the first time we kind of pulled out a toy for her that uh, had a feather on it and she started making these growling ances- ancestor uh, like a dinosaur <laughs> kind of sounds and yeah. now now the poor kitty sounds like she's been smoking Marlboros and drinking whiskey for the last 20 years. Tell me about it. With that little voice. I know. What? You got a recording of I it? I do have a recording <laughs> on her. I'll just it. do it really quick. Oh, my God. That's Lucy. Where did you get that? She was just meowing the other night. <laughs> okay. There she goes. She was just, um, yeah, she was just. Meowing, and I was just like, I have to get her on. <laughs> I just have to record this because no one believes me. Do you have me snoring? I do have okay, you snoring too, but I'm not playing Good, thank that you. either. It's but I do PG have you show. snoring. <laughs> oh my I'm going to record you. you got well, anyway, so snores. you know, send good thoughts out for Lucy yeah. and all the old animals that you know give us so much, and you know they don't live as long as we do. They, they you know, just that don't. She so. was the youngest. Uh, pet we've had since mickey and poncho and we changed our mind after that and we wanted to uh adopt older ones because they're so hard to get adopted Mm -hmm. and and that's been a painful (laughs) process because we didn't have them as long as uh exactly i mean when we adopted um emma yeah. Emma was 15, the little I Yorkshire Terrier dog. Her, dog. She was 15. We had her a year and a half. I love that dog. She and threw then, spoons at me. I know. She and then hungry. Gracie. We have no. Gracie. She was a little Maltese. Gracie was a, a puppy mill breeder dog. I've talked for many years. Many years. She was in a breeding facility for six years, yeah. pumping out little cute white Maltese puppies for mm-hmm. people to buy online and in pet stores. Mm-hmm. So please adopt, do not shop. Exactly. Uh, save the lives of dogs like Gracie, you know. Well, you save that's two lives, are. right? Yes. Yeah. Tell everybody. Yeah, well, when you adopt a dog, you you do save two lives. So you save the dog that you adopted mm-hmm. and you say and you save the dog who you made room for to come in to f- for the foster care or the shelter, so yeah. you know. That's huge. Yeah, it is huge. And yeah, Gracie, we only had six, like six and a half years. Mm. Uh, and we have Wanda. Wanda is a Shih Tzu. She was in a puppy mill for the first year. Then they couldn't stand her. Just <laughs> <laughs> a little wild. Yeah. But we've had, uh, I think April will be seven years that we have. Well, what's um, interesting, and I know Wanda. you probably don't want to talk about this, but what's interesting about Wanda is that she hurt her leg and she's recovered and she's doing good. Mm-hmm. So. 
That was a miracle. She tore her ACL. Yeah. She had surgery. Yeah. Expensive surgery. Yeah, she was recovering from the surgery, and then she re-injured it, and some of the stitches came out. And then she was walking on three legs again. Oh, my God. Then she was limping again. Uh, but now she's better, so she's so that she's process better. was a miracle that all of a sudden, every once in a while, she'd walk on all four, mm-hmm. and then it just got better and better. And then the operation did help because you, they did a little groove into her knee because her knee Kneecap. cap was popping out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's like they're family. They yes, really are. they are family. They're really family, and they don't live as long as we do. And it's really sad when they go. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. But then we always get more. And I always think that you should just get another pet, adopt another pet in need, you know, to honor the pet that you just lost. Exactly. Hey, Wendy, up next we have uh, our animal segment, our sacred animal segment with uh, Wendy Pilot. Mm. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Native Earth Radio Presents... I'm awake. Be a vaccinative. As the fall season continues, new COVID-19 variants threaten the health of not just you, but our elders as well. These new variants might even evade previous vaccines. That's why it's important to stay up to date. The newly authorized vaccines target current variants effectively and are FDA approved for ages six months and older. But there is an important note. These are the first COVID vaccines to be commercialized, which means there may be costs associated with them. Speak with your health insurer about your coverage before scheduling an appointment to avoid a surprise bill. For those without health insurance, help is available. Ask your health clinic about options or visit vaccines.gov for free locations. Getting vaccinated protects you from severe disease. Don't put yourself or elders at risk. So be a vaccinative and protect our community. You can visit vaccines.gov for free vaccine locations. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and Strong Hearts Native Helpline is here to help. If you are experiencing domestic or sexual violence, Strong Hearts advocates provide culturally appropriate support and advocacy for Native Americans and Alaska Natives. Free, confidential, anonymous, 24-7. Strong Hearts advocates are Native American and take a Native-centered approach to every contact. Call or text 1-844-762-8483. That's 1-844-7-NATIVE. Or chat online at www.strongheartshelpline.org. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. So come check out their pizza and wine bar, or get a treat from the bakery made fresh daily. Plus, you can still do online ordering and takeout, along with gift cards. Just go to CafeLatte.com and choose from their ever-changing selection of award-winning salads, sandwiches, and soups. Cafe Latte is located off Victoria and Grand and online at CafeLatte.com. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you again by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl! Yes. Hey, I want to uh, introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy's been an animal advocate for many years, and she's been talking on the show, uh, Native Ritz Radio, for many years about our sacred animals and um, how they're related to us and how um, we're related to them. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And it's always my pleasure yeah. to do that. Yeah, I wasn't prepared really to be on the show today, <laughs> so I don't really have much <laughs> prepared, but I usually can talk about, uh, 
animals. Um, so, uh, you know, I took the dog for a walk today. And, yeah, we, we walked slow. I'm still recovering from my injury. I fell a week and a half ago walking, Wanda. I fell off a curb and hurt hurt myself, hurt mm. my knee, but it, it is getting better. So we walked slow. I have, You know, she likes to run. So I had to, like, pull her back a little, like, bring in the reins yeah. like she's a wild horse. But <laughs> anyway, I see so many uh lawns that have been transplanted oh, okay. you know to prairie gardens and like flower yes. gardens and you know a natural type of like of we thing. Have. yeah so i just want to give uh anyone who has done that i want to you know give them kudos for that it's really um crazy if you think about it right i read an article years ago and it was like how did we come to the point where you know we plant you go we have a lawn. We have yeah. a lawn in the front of our house. What do we do to it? We fertilize it. We water it. It grows and you cut it. And yeah. then it's just there. It doesn't have any purpose. It doesn't feed us. Right. It doesn't it doesn't like somewhere along the line. I'm sure we could figure it out by researching it how the lawn came about, mm-hmm. you know, probably in the 1950s or something when oh, they suburban or whatever that. and they had lawns. But lawns don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, now that I, I mean, a lawn years ago to me was beautiful. Like we had a lawn and we'd cut it and water it and, you know, you'd mow it and edge it. And, you know, having the green lawn we was kind of like, you know, you keep your, <laughs> you know, right. looking nice. But honestly, when I see a lawn that's perfect, it's not pretty to me anymore because I know how many pesticides right. and fertilizer and all these chemicals that they had to put on this uh, lawn to make it look like that with no no anything and it ends up in the river it gets in you know it poison the poisons all these animals too so anyway um kudos to you people out there who've converted your lawns and kudos to you wendy you uh i I just enjoy doing the radio show and watching looking out our front yard and seeing Everything from butterflies to I'm waiting for the frogs to come, but yeah. the butterflies and she said it would take a couple of years for the frogs. It has to be like really grown big but hummingbirds. Yeah, we see it all, and it's so funny because you don't see those things in anybody else's yard right. around us. They're just <laughs> yeah. all in our yard, and it's funny. I f- I'm often like, how they find it? Like, how they know how to come here? They got eyes. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was reading off this list about. Uh, you know, animal facts. Yeah. And I had a couple here. And the last one. Ones, huh? Yeah. The last one that I have here was about butterflies. So we were just talking about butterflies. Butterflies can taste with their feet. Yeah. They use the, t- the taste sensors there to determine which leaves caterpillars will eat so they know where to lay their eggs. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's really smart. We see a lot of monarch butterflies in yeah. our yard. Yeah. And another thing is, too, leave the leaves. You don't need to, like, you know, you could sweep the leaves off your sidewalk, you know, so when you snow blow and stuff. But most of the leaves in your yard you could leave. You know what there. else I saw, too, yeah. is grasshoppers. Yeah. I That blew my mind this year. Yeah. And this is, what, the third year That's or second crazy. year? Yeah. I think it's the third year we've had this prairie yeah. garden. Yes. Uh, somebody we know came. She's um, not even a professional landscaper, but she, you know, figured out all the Native American plants, plants from Minnesota um, and planted them. And the yard looks great. I did help her with it. So I learned some some of I'm yeah. just really bad because I don't even know the names of the plants. Some people see me out there and they're like, oh, what's the name of this plant? What's the name of this plant? Or worse okay. yet, somebody goes, oh, you got those plants. You I go, yes, no- we do. Thank you for <laughs> yeah. telling us what it is. I got to write it down quick. Yeah, I know. Well, anyway, talking about cats, we were talking about uh-huh. Lucy before. Unlike most every other mammal, cats can't taste sweetness oh. yeah they're also often lactose intolerant so mm. you might um as well lick your own ice cream bowl clean so <laughs> yeah so you shouldn't give your cat you know people are like oh let's give the cat milk you know but you shouldn't uh, because they're lactose intolerant we haven't had milk in this house for 15 time, years no. yeah i we do almond milk yeah. mostly or oat milk or you know something so right. yeah tastes just as good and I don't know. I don't want to drink milk from a cow. 
<laughs> no doubt. It's, yeah. The things like that uh, in an older age are getting more woke. Yeah, woke. With the, with the lawns, with yeah. the milk, with the factory farms, mm-hmm. with all those things that... Uh, yeah, factory farms are really bad that for we, our us, for the environment. And for the animals. And for the animals. It's just horrific. Yeah. yeah. I just read an article that... Um, so on the earth right now, there's like 7.8 billion people Whoa. on the earth right wow. almost 8 billion people and the earth really can't even um, sustain that many people I think we're at 6 billion the earth was like okay we can you know maybe do this but we're at 8 billion almost 8 billion people right well, now on the world in China? but let me just listen let me l- tell you the story that I was just reading this that it said that if we killed people at the same rate we kill animals for food, the human population would only last 17 days. Wow. Yeah, so that's how many animals are killed for food in the world. You know, pigs, chickens, cows, lambs. Well, in 1980, uh uh, China's population was about 600 million. Now it's 1.42 billion. Wow, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, most of the audience listening knows that I don't eat any animal products. So mm-hmm. yeah, I actually went today to Vegan East. Oh, is that for me or is that for That's somebody for else? That's for us. Oh, those good. are for us. So I, <laughs> I wanted one. <laughs> the cupcakes. I brought <laughs> cupcakes. So Vegan East is a vegan bakery, and they're on Lindale Avenue in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And I was just there today, and I had um, they have lunch there too, which is really good. I had a, <laughs> I had a. It's called a chicken salad sandwich, but it's vegan. It's made with like grapes, and it's really delicious. So I had that for lunch. And then our vet, last week at our vet, where we take Lucy every week, it was uh, technician week, vet yeah. tech week. Um, and I always meant, since we take Lucy there every week, I mean, I'm there every week. So yeah. they know us, you know, when we go. And I wanted to bring something or do something for them because they're so awesome there. Mm-hmm. Um that's the uh, Highland Animal Hospital here in Highland in St. Paul. They're mm-hmm. awesome. But um, so I went over to Vegan East and I, I bought uh, cupcakes. So they only had eight cupcakes oh. left. That was it. So I got eight cupcakes and then four I was of like, them are ours. Well, the four that I bought were in the freezer section. So um, I got the freeze, the frozen ones for us. So yeah, they're delicious. Vegan East makes custom cakes too, so you could get a cus- custom cake there too, and it's really good. I get one every every year for Robert's birthday and for my birthday and yeah. for whoever's birthday we're having here, and uh, yeah, so check them out and uh, just take care of your animals. Leave your lawn alone. Leave the leaves alone, and think of you don't have to transition your whole lawn into a big prairie garden you could just do a section yeah right a section and just help the pollinators out there absolutely yeah and it's beautiful to watch them too hey thanks for uh kevin Aberast for stopping on and talking about what's happening on PBS yeah we're tonight. gonna watch his pbs right on and mm-hmm. wendy thank you for stopping in and yeah. uh we'll see everyone tomorrow uh, you're listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake we're still here we are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. <laughs> <laughs>